Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. This is not a manual of how I became free and now I've got it figured out and here's how I did it and you can do it too. This is not a self-help book. This is a Jesus help book. This is this is me saying, hey, I too I, I, I daily have to walk out of the chains that this world tries to throw on me. As we wrote the book, my brother started his battle, his third battle with cancer. Um, I, I literally am writing this book, sitting next to him, getting chemo treatment. A lived experience, what better way to gain a true understanding of what it's like to try to walk free and to take small steps to a big God. Well, we're joined today by Micah Tyler. He's an award-winning songwriter and recording artist, and now he can add to his title, author. He has a new book set to be released next week on January 24th called Walking Free, Taking Small Steps to a Big God. Today in Connections, he's going to talk about this book and the inspiration behind it. I am uh, very happy to have Micah Tyler joining us on the show today. Micah and I have a bit of a connection. He doesn't know it. But two former youth pastors speaking to each other, first of all. Uh, I am famous to about a dozen people. Mike and Tyler, a little <laughs> bit more well-known. I want to know, first of all, after all these years of touring and performing and stuff, what do you miss most about youth ministry, though, Micah? You know, it's 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 the it's kind of the opposite of what I was doing. because I, I did youth ministry for nine years, and you you spend so much time digging deep into personal relationships and really... Uh the long run for me i'm in front of a different group of people every night so i may show up and, and, and i'm not able to really have those one-on-one conversations that's why i like to spend a lot of time at the merch table because nice. i love your stories and kind of getting to go deep and that kind of thing but I, but i will say i do not miss driving a church van my life right now on the side of the highway in a broken down church van or the lock-ins like every once in a while i'm like i miss a lock-in no wait no i don't (laughs) you got to remind yourself that that sleeping at an appropriate amount of time or just being up on your own volition and not having to chase down uh five 13 year olds from doing something in the bathroom is just (laughs) it's a much easier stride in life right now right (laughs) Now you get to chase your own children and be stranded in a tour bus on the side of the road, which is which is very exciting in itself, right? <laughs> I've lived both of those lives. I've been broken down every type of uh, vehicle that I, <laughs> I operate in. So this is a but but this life right now, I do miss it though. I really do miss youth ministry. I'd still be doing it right now if the Lord did not radically just change where my heart was going. So. Well, no, no. and you've done so many things. Uh, now you're adding a new title to the list of accomplishments from youth pastor to, well, I know you've been a delivery driver too in the past, uh, speaking of driving things, but then artist as well, course, right? Songwriter. Now you're an author. Tell us a little bit about what it was like wa- uh, writing this book, Walking Free, and how that came to be. Yeah. What, what was kind of funny was it started as me... Uh, we put the song out walking free a couple of years ago <clears throat> and, and we attached a music video to it that kind of told some stories from a ministry that I've, I've, I've been partnering with for the last couple of years called ground 40. It's a, a men's rehabilitation uh, guys who've walked out of addiction or incarceration and they're helping them rebuild their lives, you know, through, through Christ. And so some of these stories just blew me away. So we wanted to share those in the music video. Well, that spurned on just tons of people coming and talking to me, um, about their story of walking into the freedom of Jesus. And I started like thinking about my story and thinking about how God has used freedom in my life so many different times and so many different ways. And it spurned what, what ended up happening was <laughs> I ended up calling my management company. And I was like, hey, 
I've never done like a U version, like a seven day you know, kind of thing. What if we do like a, a week long U version Bible study, seven steps to walking free? And I was like, I, I started kind of writing a few things down. I was like, I've got more than seven steps, but maybe we could do that. And they were like, oh, yeah, we'll check on that. Well, then all of a sudden I get pulled into a meeting. I don't live in Nashville. I live in Texas. So I flew into Nashville for a, uh, to hop on a tour bus. They said, hey, we have a meeting first. Well, I show up and there's a publisher there. And he said, hey, we're really interested in, in the book, um, Walking Free. And I was like, okay, hold on a second. I was supposed to do a, like a seven-day you version thing. And they said, well, like the ideas. So we start talking. I ended up partnering with a guy named Robert Nolan, who's, who's become an incredible friend, um, who's an author. And he said, hey, man, I think we could write this book together. So what, what ended up happening was we spent the next few months just every time, because I, I drive two hours to get to the airport, and I'm, I'm going on an airplane all the time. And so every two-hour drive that I had, I would just call Robert, and I would be like, hey, here's what the Lord's taught me about freedom. And so we just start like really unpacking. I would like put little mini sermons. My youth pastor days kind of came back and I, I started sticking sermons in my, um, in my phone just that I'd preached before, things that God taught me and scriptures that had jumped out to me. And over, I just started writing this book. We wrote the whole thing through. And what's really funny is once the book was done, they were like, hey, to launch the book, I think I think what would be really, really smart is if we maybe feature like seven days in a U version thing. So, so come to <laughs> Now there is a U version of it. And I learned how to do that by writing a book. <laughs> That's awesome. That yeah. seems like the long way around, but <laughs> it, it definitely a, a different uh, uh, path than what I was expecting. But in the end, you know, it, it, we got both. So it turned out. <laughs> well, you're only a few days away now from actually launching this book on the 24th. Yeah. You got to see your book for the first time, hold it in your hands just a day ago. What was that like? What was it like to hold it in your hands and to see this? It's it, again, it, this started off as me just going, hey, what is what is the Lord teaching me and, and what do I want to tell others? Because because at the end of the day, really writing the book was not that much different for me than writing music, because at the end of the day, I'm trying to say, OK, God, what are you t when I when I write a, a song? I have two rules and it's and I've, I've been following these two rules since I've been writing music. Um, rule one, um, I want to make sure that everything that I write lines up with scripture. Like I want to make sure I, I don't want to say a single thing out of step from what God's already said and what God's put in the mouths of people for generations that has been stuffed into scripture. That really that really means something because then it, then I have something to back myself up with. Right. So rule number one, I'm trying to write every lyric in a song. I want to line up with scripture. Then same thing with a book. And the second rule that I have is I want songs to act as time capsules. I, because I want to be able to, I can't tell you um, what I had for lunch the day that I wrote Never Been a Moment, or I can't tell you um, what I was wearing or what shoes I had on when I wrote different, but I can tell you where my heart was because I always want to write from the perspective of where I'm at in that moment. Because I want to, I want to what is God showing me with my eyes right now? What, what am I feeling in my chest right now? What am I learning in my mind on that day? And so when we were writing the book, I, it, it was crazy because Again, we, we, we apply those two rules and try everything in that book. I, we try to really like fervently go back with pastors and make sure that everything lined up with what guys have already said and the teachings inside of it. But also it was so crazy because I'm holding it in my hand and I'm going like, man, we spent six months dreaming about what could we tell people about the freedom of God. And now it's like I, I, I felt a whole lot whenever I went to the hospital and held the baby for the first time. You know, we have three mm -hmm. kiddos and I remember that feeling going like, OK. I helped make this. <laughs> so like holding that book was just kind of this crazy. My, my, my kids smelled totally different than the book did, but it was it was still a really neat <laughs> and not living inside of my phone and 
and emails that I'd sent and texts and and uh, phone conversations on the way to the airport. So it was it was a surreal moment, but also like really really cool. There's more behind this book and the inspiration behind it as well. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so I this is not a manual of how I became free and now I've got it figured out and here's how I did it and you can do it too. This is not a self-help book. This is a Jesus help book. This is this is me saying, hey, I too a, 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 daily have to walk out of the chains that this world tries to throw on me. As we wrote the book, my brother started his battle, his third battle with cancer. Um, I, I literally am writing this book, sitting next to him, getting chemo treatments. I'm calling Robert on the phone. And, and I, I remember writing uh, five of the chapters, five of the steps in the book um, while I'm sitting there next to him in chemo. And then as we're driving home, as my brother is trying not to be sick on the way home and, and just like coming back from chemo treatments, I'm calling Robert and telling him about the truth that God had revealed to me on that day and what I was fighting to believe on that day because what scripture has already said. Mm-hmm. So because of the stories that I'd heard, because of the things that I've learned, because of the freedom that God has offered to me over and over again, um, I love what it says in Acts chapter four, verses, uh, by verse 20. It's it, the story sets up where Jesus has come. Jesus has died. Jesus has risen again. He has spent time with the disciples and he is sending them out with the Holy Spirit to go out and to preach the word of God. Right. And 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 he ascends to heaven. Things start going crazy because the disciples are out there speaking boldly of what God has, what Jesus has taught them, that he is the way, the truth and the life. And the Pharisees are not happy about it. And they try to shut them down and they try and, and they, they say, hey, we're going to throw you in prison. You, you got to quit talking about this. And I love what it says in Acts 420. It basically just says, how can we not talk about the things that we have seen and heard? Like, how can we be silent? So this book is just me going God showed me these things. I am learning these things and I am wanting to believe these things. And I want people to do this with me as we walk together towards the freedom that only Jesus can give. I remember uh, reading this week's um, an interview with you. You say something along the lines like your family's prayed something like, uh, I want to trust Jesus more today or Lord, help me trust you more today than I did yesterday. How easy is that to do, though, when you're sitting there watching your brother go through an illness like that? Yeah, it it's not. It is it is not easy. Um, Whenever I, I wrote the song different, it had a completely different meaning to me when I wrote that song. Uh, the song kind of came from for the longest time I would com- I, comparison is the thief of joy. We've heard that that phrase before. And for the longest time, I would compare my circumstances. I would compare my life and my achievements and my talents or my whatever with someone more talented or someone who has more, or someone who, who who gets gets more than what I'm getting or has more opportunity than me or whatever. And I could always diminish myself. But at the end of the day, our highest calling is not to compare ourselves to others. Our, our highest calling is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And that we are to run this race with endurance. Now, endurance is not something that we just have built into us. Where we just run. It is something that we actively have to choose and say, God, I, today, I know you can change my circumstances. We serve a God that when we're in the middle of a storm, if he says, peace, be still, the storm stops, right? He has the power to change circumstances around us. 
But sometimes he walks us into the dead center, the eye of the storm, the worst of the worst. And he says, I may not change your circumstances, but I have the power still to change you as you walk through it. So that's where the renewing of our mind comes from. That's 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 where God being the, the person who can make all things new inside of us. Right. And so when I say, God, I want to trust you more than I did yesterday. It's not like I'm not comparing myself to yesterday. I'm saying Today, I want to take if it's a baby step, if it is a stumble, if it is a falling in the right direction, mm-hmm. I still want to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. And I want to just get one step closer to this calling that God has me in. And so, again, it's not easy, but it is it is so worth it. I've never taken a step towards and with Jesus that I've regretted. I love the subtitle of your book, Taking Small Steps to a Big God. And you have a lot of small steps in this book. Yeah. Uh, how did you figure out how to just narrow that down? So so originally it was kind of like, okay, how, how do we, you know, any, anytime you're writing a devotion, and when I was a youth pastor, I would preach sermons and try to break it up into, we would have monthly themes. And so it, we would do like, okay, this month is going to be weather month. And and, and, and and so every week, every Wednesday night, I would preach a different sermon that would go along with weather, which kind of sounds like, well, what does that mean? Well, on one, one night we talk about the storms of life. And what does that mean whenever we walk through a storm, right? And next week I may talk about sunny days. Like, how can we appreciate God when things are going easy? And then we go through every week. So I love trying to figure out a way to break up a big, a big message into small little things. And so when I started talking about freedom, it's such a big topic. And it, 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 and, and I, I know that people are going to be in so many places along the road. And I don't want it to be like, all right, let's all get to point A so that we can all get to point B. Everyone's point A. I knew it has like we're all going to start at different spots and I don't want anyone to be disqualified um, from from getting to where like to, to walking towards this freedom in Jesus. And so when we started breaking things down, I was like, hey, what if we what if every day we call we don't call it a chapter? We don't call it what we call it a step. And so every uh. day let's just take a step because that that feels easy. And so the way I describe it is if I told you that if if, if you start where you were like where you're standing right now, if you took 50 steps forward, um, that you could get to a place where you'd be the you'd, you'd be the freest, you'd be the happiest, you'd be like you would be completely content, like things would just be coming alive in your chest. You'd go, oh, my gosh, of course I would do that. Well, you're sitting in a studio. I'm sitting here in my house right now. Right. Um, but if I told you, OK, no, actually, it's across this canyon and there's a tightrope. All of a sudden, <laughs> steps get a lot harder. Right. So, so yeah. I, okay, what can we do to just take it one step at a time? So every day in this book, it's literally us taking a step from, from the things of this world to something better. So it's like, instead, we're, we're going to walk away from fear and we're going to walk toward one step towards faith. And, and, and for some people, it may be this significant, heavy, weathered, just big, giant, bold step. And some people may be an easy baby, no big deal. I'm already doing this. This feels like just this part of my already routine. And that's okay because I want, I, I feel like I, the, the response we've gotten so far, which has been so cool that this is actually being read by people right now, because this is a whole, it's just been something that lived inside of my phone forever, right? And so the fact that people are telling me like, okay, step four, that's the one, that's the one right there that really challenged me. And some people were like, oh, step four was just a reminder of what God's already doing. But step five, that's the one that got me. So it's, it's neat because I feel like that this is like kind of a one size fits all, but also like super like tailored towards someone's life. We try to make it to where like, hey, no matter where you are right now, at the end of the day, let's take one step at a time 
towards towards Jesus with Jesus along like alongside of him who says that he will you know take like he'll never leave us or forsake us he's right there with us walking along with us and so yeah it's been neat to kind of see these things come to life and we thought let's just take it one step at a time let's not let's not get crazy here let's not talk about the marathon or the sprint one step at a time love that uh you mentioned people reading this already. I'm going to get on the pre-order right after this. And if you're listening after the 24th, the book will be out already. Bart Miller, one of those people that's read the book and called it a gift. Like this is a gift to better understand the way God pursues us. So how do we get our hands on this gift? Micah, tell us where to find it and uh, where to see what you're up to and keep up with you. Yeah, I mean, you, honestly, you can get anywhere you get a book, you can get this one. So you can hop on Amazon, you can go to uh, Caleb, you can go to, I mean, there's any any website that you can go to. Also, you can go to MikeAndTaylor.com and it will literally bring up the opportunity for you to get right there. Google search it. You can go get Bart's. He's done with it now. So, yeah, but if, if, if you go to my website, that's an easy way to get it. But Amazon, like however you want to get a book, um, they're selling it in Christian bookstores across the country next week, um, which again, is still just so wild to uh, to even think about, really. What started off as me trying to put together maybe like an online version of a seven-little-step study um, has turned into an actual 200-page uh, book that, that you can go and snag at any store you go and get books. We know this book isn't out just yet, but do you have plans for any others in the future? Okay, so oddly enough... Um, there's another. It, it, I thought. I thought. I, I did. I didn't know that I wanted to be an author, right? I mean, I, I mean honestly, still, it's still weird to even hear that kind of a, a phrase attached to my name, um, which is also weird to hear professional musician too. <laughs> like that's another <laughs> kind of get used to too. Um, but in the process, there actually there actually was another book that kind of got spurned on through this thing. Um, if you look through scripture, just, just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's 27 times that someone's story is told um, about their life-changing encounter of when they met Jesus um, and their name never gets mentioned. And we still call all of them by the things they used to be. We call her the woman at the well. Well, heads up, she yeah. got up to follow Jesus, right? Um, we call them lepers and blind men and and the, the you know, mother-in-law. Like we have all these different names attached to them. But as we started going through these, I, I wrote a song called The Story I Tell about a decade ago that I one of my favorite songs I've ever written that goes through all these stories about these unknown people who we all know, you know, all these, these unknown names. So oddly enough, as we're writing the book, I told this to Robert, the guy who I was writing with, and he goes, uh, uh, OK, that's a different book. So we end up pulling like two or three steps out of out of this book. going like, let's save it for the next one. So who knows? That's, if that's awesome. It. But at the same time, you know what? I, I didn't think the first one was going to happen. So we'll, at this at this point, I'm going to celebrate this one. And if it turns into something else in the future, then uh, I'll, I'll get back to calling him on the phone on the way to the airport. <laughs> right on. Love well, it. we'll talk to you in a year or two when that one's coming out, I think. So <laughs> I love thank it. you so much, Micah, for joining us. Looking forward to reading the book and uh, hearing more of your music coming our way. Come on, man. I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for having me today. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.